<laughs> you know I always have pizza at least once a week. That's just baseline self-care. True. What you about to get? Yo, I do not like to cheat on pizza bones. They got the sourdough crust, the classic mini pepperonis, and a whole ass wine bar, aka friend bar, if that's not the cutest thing ever, next door with thoughtful natural wine picks. They'll even help you pick one out for your hot date. Those little cookies with sea salt, though. Exactly. Don't sleep on pizza bones. Open every day except Tuesdays for dinner. Solid price for shareable sizes. As well as hosts of Pride Prom mini markets and a sick patio for great hangs. Pizza bones is for the people. Check them out. There's only one thing that makes me happy in this world. Is it flights of ice cream? How did you know? Because ah, I just went to Scoop and they had this pumpkin cheesecake swirl next to the frosted animal cracker next to toasted coconut on the same plate. I've been blissed out ever since. Oh, Scoop is the best. They made the Yelp list top of 100 ice cream shops in the country, bro. They're number 26 on the list and the only one from RBA. What? That's legit. I mean, they've got ice cream sandwiches, sundaes on brownies or blondies, you know, equality. They got milkshakes in your classic cup or waffle cone situation. Mm-hmm. So good. No matter if it's hot or cold outside, I know Scoop is open every day of the week. It's one of my most reliable Richmond date spots. Period. Yo, you feel that? Dog, that's that's queer retrograde, queer baby. Retrograde, baby. Okay. We're, we're live. You got me waiting at the corner, waiting at the red light, waiting for an Uber, thinking of you. Waiting for this damn technology dog. Waiting in line at the grocery store. Is that is that Orion's son yeah. in the room right now? You knew it. Free concert. Wow. Y'all, Hobbs. <laughs> Hobbs really, really pulled through today. We had some Ugh. technological issues. Huge ones. You ever just opened an app and the app that day was said no? 12 times in a row mm-hmm. just said no I, i'm done voice memos of all things right voice memos but it's cool it was time to upgrade we're on garage band now we are i had to go to youtube college uh-huh. figure it out but I, it'll work out and so we're back welcome back to queer retrograde everybody i'm lj i use any pronouns i'm hobbs and i use they them Today on QR, we are talking about co-working with your boo, with your friends, with your loved ones. Mm, Boo in the full encompassing sentiment. Mm -hmm. Because you work with people, but how do you feel about those people? Mm -hmm. How's it working out? How the fuck is it working out? Like, who... Who have you worked with (laughs) that you've been close with in your lifetime? Obviously, besides me. Yeah. I mean, I was reflecting on this earlier, and I feel like I haven't worked with anyone that I knew before the job since high school, probably. You haven't worked with anyone you knew before the job since high school. Yeah. You just made friends at jobs. Yeah. Like, everyone that I... Like, I pretty much always become friends with at least one person that I work with mm-hmm. at every job. Um, and some of those friendships extend past the job and some don't. But 
Yeah, the last time I worked with someone I knew beforehand, it was when I worked at Sweet Frog in high school. Sweet. And me. <laughs> I forgot and, you worked for the Christians. Yeah. Yeah, me and two of my friends from high school all worked there at the same time. Was it the best time ever or the best time ever? I mean, it was really fun. Yeah. It was fun because it was, it was when Sweet Frog just opened in my hometown. So it was like fresh, mm-hmm. new, exciting, you know, everyone wanted to go. So I got to see a lot of people just throughout it was a small town were you a topping guy or (laughs) yogurt machine maintenance um i did a little bit of everything i mean not not machine maintenance you were the greeter but Mm -hmm. i did you know topping refills clean a lot of cleaning in charge of the spoons cashier big job yeah yeah i feel like most of my jobs i've had like some kind of in some kind of referral that it's giving it's giving bartending world but even before that like mm. <laughs> i worked with my stepdad for a little bit of a summer it was my only office job i've ever had it was i remember i was doing chinese delivery at the same time i was saving up to go to europe so i was just like working all weekend going to college all week spending all of my money on either gas or this plane ticket that was coming up but all I did in the office, I thought my work was so useless because all they had me do was sit with the IT guys in the back with a closed door. So it was the most silent ass room I've ever been inside. Three grown ass men plus me. Mm-hmm. And all I was doing was scanning invoices for <laughs> all of their purchases so that they could find it sooner or quicker or whatever the fuck in the database. And I only did it for 16 hours a week and I had to quit after maybe like a month or two because my neck went to shit. I was like, I don't know how you older folks are doing this right now. Mm-hmm. Like my neck is trash. Maybe it was all the rugby. I don't know. But I did not last long. And I visited Dan in the upstairs office a couple of times. And I was like, mm. it's just one of those things where no one would ever have put us together as being like knowing each other, let alone family. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was going to be more exciting with that dynamic working for us. But it just felt extremely boring all around. Dang. Yeah. Well, luckily. Yeah, I mean, after that, I was like, okay, if my work wife or my work ally is Mm going to be someone that I know, it's going to be, like, an exciting thing. It's got to, like, make me want to go to work. Yes. It's got to be fun. It's got to be sexy, you know. Can't just be your dad, like. Right. (laughs) No, that was not it. (laughs) He's still there, you know. Good on you, Dan. But, you know, water filtration company, not for me. Mm -hmm. Not for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know that you found many of exciting jobs with a lot of exciting friends i mean you were there for one of the collabs (laughs) me and yaz thought we were gonna be like the little bartender takeovers all over richmond yeah lj over there was like i'll do the photos i'll do the social media it was the collaboration of a lifetime i think we Mm -hmm. made a grand total of what 100 bucks each Mm -hmm. (laughs) all said and done yeah Yeah. good money <laughs> for what it was, I mean, I had mostly a great time just for the, yeah, mostly just for the good times. But yeah, yeah. I prefer working with friends, mm-hmm. certain friends, not all friends. I think some people give off signals pretty quickly mm-hmm. if they're compatible for your work style or not, mm-hmm. just based on how they talk about their other collaborations. Mm. I've learned a lot behind the scenes mm-hmm. about people's attitudes towards how their other shit is going on. Are there on. particular things you look for in people that you'd want to work with? There's a certain level of ventilation that needs to happen. Like in restaurant work, I mean, I did seven years of bartending. There's a lot of ventilation. There's a lot of bitching. There's a lot of moaning. I think 
there comes a fine line between if all we're talking about, if I have to say in a conversation when we go get drinks, I'm like, let's go get drinks after work. And we go get drinks after work. And I have to say at least one or two times, like, can we not talk about work? I know we're not mm-hmm. compatible, like beyond what's going on. Like some people like bitch and can bitch for hours about the same thing, the same person, the same dish mm-hmm. over and over on and on. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have like a good balance there with your humor, I don't think it's going to work out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. What do you look for? I don't. You, uh, I, I just <laughs> I just, just go here. in. I'm like, you know, it's it. It's just always worked out for me to just kind of go in and just be like, I. that's the thing. It's less about the people that I look for and more I think that I just try to engage in work that is actually, there's an element that's exciting to me in one way or another. And then normally the people kind of just fall into place, kind of let the, let the work itself guide the guide the relationships if that makes sense so you don't have any like highlighted work wipes in your past um and a work wipe is everything i'll do overtime i'll work 80 hours a week if i've got a really good work wife <sighs> damn i'm not trying to work 80 hours well, a week. <laughs> well i mean maybe not now but i mean anything. <laughs> um but i mean again like not saying that there wasn't a work wife or anything like that but it wasn't someone i knew beforehand it wasn't someone that i like planned it out of like oh we're gonna work together and we're gonna have such a great time sure but the the develop the relationship develops itself Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah i feel like normally it's just like me and whoever else is the other queer one yeah i mean that's an instant alliance yeah i mean i feel like when i worked over at quirk a lot of people were queer anyway so it was like okay now there's a whole other layer of discernment of Mm. who can make me laugh as well Mm -hmm. because when i'm laughing at work i don't feel like i'm at work Mm mm-hmm Right, yeah. People who don't take it super seriously, that always hits pretty well for that me. That is ideal. But then you don't want it to go too overboard to where nobody cares about what's getting done that day mm-hmm. at all. Right, that's the thing. I feel like a lot of times in jobs, like the people that I end up aligning with are the people who the reason that they can just not take it so seriously is because they're just like, I'm good at what I'm doing and I trust that all this shit will get done or they're like the reason that shit isn't getting done it's not my fault it's infrastructure shit and i just i don't fucking care and i'm like yeah yeah. they've achieved peace same (laughs) yeah ideally yeah you and your work ally slash work wife have the same levels of peace being achieved and or expressed Mm -hmm. yeah oh Oh. (laughs) millie we have millie in the house she is climbing all over she never misses an episode you know i can't say the same for everyone but (laughs) she never misses one that's for fucking sure Mm -hmm. well i guess in a more zoom out sort of way like what collaborations that you've witnessed have really inspired you hmm I'd like to ping that question back to you first while I think about it. Yeah, no problem. So I thought about Ocean's Eleven, I think. If you've never seen the movie, that's one of the best collabs ever. It's 11 guys, 11 dudes. They knew exactly what kind of strengths they were playing to. Well, weaknesses they could not afford. They literally had a con within a con because they knew exactly what kind of teammates they were working with. They were all funny. They all took it seriously, but they all knew that they would also like take a bullet for each other. Besides that, I think about... The project that came out from this album from Jungle, 
like this visual album mm. like putting together good music good choreography like that's been a really like fun ass collaboration to see over the span of months to where i'm like fiending over it so much i'm rewatching the videos to now one of their like latest videos i'm like oh i recognize some of the choreography some of the choreography from the past ones just because it's been such a slow burn but then i zoom out even more and i'm like i love it anytime i see and i know i can smell a project where it's been a group of black people in the same room together who are like let's go do something and it just comes out in that flavor of this perspective or this like tone of this is what we're gonna do and it's great because how often do we get to see this kind of viewpoint Mm-hmm. But like, when I was trying to think of like two specific people, it was just really hard. So I think just a more general. I love groups. When groups can really gel, it's really that much more special. Like anytime we've even seen, I guess I'm going back to dancing, but those like America's Next Best Dance Crew or like mm-hmm. <laughs> dance competitions, when you see 12 to 24 people come together in unison, but also with their own indiv- individual flavors, it just hits in such a magical way like how did the level of consensus get to be this big but still be this specific and concise in how you're expressing it mm. yeah mm-hmm. i live for that shit yeah i mean obviously i love like dance crews and mm. just like watching how people are able to choreograph bodies on space to make different visual effects and stuff is really exciting to me and um so definitely echoing that and specifically there is a collaboration that i've watched throughout probably the last like 10 years maybe less i don't know but it's this choreographer named kyle hanagami and this dancer named Haley Fitzgerald and the two of them just have worked together on various like um projects and I feel like every time they come together it just really hits in a way for me and I'm pretty sure that they were both worked on the choreography for the new Mean Girls uh, movie that's coming out <laughs> the new Mean Girls so of course, I'm pretty yeah. excited for that um and oh going to like media and stuff um queer eye like that is a great i think that they all do a really good job of just staying in their own lane it's balanced and it's very balanced and even like the collaborations that happen with the people on the show like the Mm -hmm. the the guests on the show the people that they're queer eyeing or whatever like i feel like specifically even like Antony, he always does a good job of just kind of like taking a step back and letting whoever um, is the guest for that episode just take the reins and kind of lead the way in this. So yeah. Antony does a really nice job of just letting the guest take the reins and lead the way. So I really enjoy... uh, queer eye collabs yeah it's complimentary too i feel like no one's ever trying to like overtake too much in anyone else's lane yeah it just feels natural mm-hmm. i get that mm-hmm. all right so working with each other you and me mm-hmm. out here every day yeah i feel like we went over our origin story a few times throughout the podcast but mm. just for a brief spark notes for the listeners <laughs> 
Yeah, it all was a joke. <laughs> like, well, first before the podcast started. Yeah, it was a writing collaboration. Mm-hmm. You know, ten minute prompts, ten minute on one topic, talking about anything during quarantine too. So like something had to be done. You know, it was like a thirsty time for. Is anyone out there? Can anyone hear me? So. I'm glad that that linked up. At first, initially, it seemed like our project was going to be, let's build a new calendar. Let's redefine time. Let's give people a new kind of year, new things to look forward to and all that. And then it just turned into the podcast. Yeah, as a joke to do recaps for The Bachelor, which, as we all saw, a very saturated market. (laughs) And then, yeah, just turned into interviews with friends about their own passion projects or their own dating lives, I think. Neither one of us were fully, like, full-on practicing, like, poly or, I don't know, think really had defined dating ethics then, really, if I really call it what it is. Mm-hmm. And I think through that first, like, the very first episode was about poly dynamics and this person we interviewed, Jaleesa, was also friends with all their exes. It was this very, like, holy shit kind of topic, at least for me to look at, of friends with all of them how do you even and then it just kind of bursted into i think the general love and relationships Mm -hmm. and then that you know snowballs into okay more than the podcast what else are we trying to do out here i mean kazimi you know trying to build a whole ass physical ass place to bring people to live their most authentic you know lifestyle Mm -hmm. for intermittent periods of time so quite the zero to 60 i think over what two three years now Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and our typical work week has definitely shifted a lot it's always shifting i would say yeah um be flexible we record the podcast that kind of ebbs and flows depending on if we're in a season getting ready for a season or not um and then Kazimi stuff, same thing, kind of ebbs and flows depending on what our life is looking like. And yeah, just the the to-do list is kind of never ending. So it's just like, what do we, we want to put on the docket, really? Um, I think even right now, I'm going to be really brutally honest and just say like, we were planning on recording this podcast a few hours ago. <laughs> a lot of technological difficulties. And right now I'm just like, I'm I'm going to be a zombie probably by the end of this episode. So I'm just like, I feel like it's kind of a um, an interesting twist whenever we're talking about work and co-working and how to be flexible and balance and all that stuff. And I'm... I'm battling my own, like, uh, cranky child inside that's like, <laughs> but then of the day, um, we're here, we're doing it. And the cranky it's child all good. harmony. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is what happens, though. I mean, I feel like I've battled, we, you know, as our own individuals, have battled this feeling plenty of time mm-hmm. working for other people, making money for other people when things just go awry or someone is just, bringing the team into a space that just does not need to be where it's like, mm-hmm. is it us versus them or not? And it's why when it comes down to te- technological things, like how many times, you know, I'm trying to ring something into the POS system. <laughs> the POS system don't want to hear it. <laughs> I'm just trying to charge these people to get some fucking money out before I'm just like, just take it. It's right. not even mine. I don't care. Just take it. It's free. Right. It's yours now. 
I'm not going to deal with this fucking computer. <laughs> and then all night, you know, thinking, oh, just click up on voice memos. Hate to bring it up again, but here I am. <laughs> thinking it's going to go to town and she just doesn't want to do it. And mm-hmm. what do you do? And I feel like I've seen the quote a couple of times in my life where if you really want to know someone's fuse, someone's temperament, give them a computer that is slow on purpose and see how they do. So the entire time shit was just going, not actually, shit was not going. I'm just like, Hobbs, <laughs> keep the tornado inside your body. And I knew, <laughs> even though it's inside, it's not really just inside, right? You know, I got Millie the cat crawling into my lap being like, it's all going to be okay. <laughs> I'm like, will it though? Will it? Because this never happens and why is it happening right now? Like I ask of this piece of technology, this laptop, so little of it. And yet here we are. Mm-hmm. But I'd much rather have an implosion in that way. Mm-hmm. versus explosion and that's such a difference with someone that you work with i've always called co-workers who make it explosionary mm-hmm. the tornado people because they just come in they fuck up everyone's shit and mm-hmm. you're just like how can i self-regulate to hopefully inspire you to maybe self-regulate mm-hmm. which doesn't always work out absolutely mm. yeah it's and then another level i've worked for people who are like that right mm-hmm. so then it's like the boss is the, the one not the boss. emotionally exploding <laughs> the boss everywhere all the time and it's just like you never you really never know what you're walking into yeah so at least you know that is the silver lining in any issues that come up in the work that you and i do is that and we'll get into this more later but at least you and i are both on the same value system in terms of like how we want to deal with that thing you know and like yeah there's always going to be curveballs that are tossed our way whether it's technology or you know who knows what else i'm just like it would be on the one season where we're like it's gonna be every thursday guys (laughs) like we've never had a due date ever and shit has just always been seamless but of course it's the one time where you put that little bit of pressure of expectation on you raise the stakes a little bit and all of a sudden I think you get a little bit more pushback from the universe of like, no, are you really about it? All right. Let's get into some of more, some more of the, the meat of it. How we find balance in time between all the different ways that we relate to each other. Um, some sections or some ways, I guess, that we had talked about before our intimacy friendship time family time work time solo time you know we have a lot of different avenues of relationships whether it's our relationship with ourself or our relationship to our hobbies or our relationships to other people how do we find balance in that and I think I feel like every single episode in this season, I'm just going to loop it back to episode one of like, it starts with the check-in with the self Mm. of just asking, you know, what's my capacity at right now? And how does that relate to how I spend my time? Um, And kind of, there is, of course, a bit of like trial and error in that to kind of understand like where that threshold is of like past capacity or whatever. And adjusting accordingly. But again, the whole purpose of checking in with the self is always just noticing, I think. Um, Yeah. And then moving on to checking in with each other. 
You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I think that's such a day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month, on-the-fly kind of thing. It's always good to have a regular check-in, but then also just like reading the room of the energy of just, yo, can we check the pulse right now? Like, what's actually good before we get into it? And yeah, I feel like the structure that we've kind of had in a more zoomed out perspective of like the road trip, for instance, you know, four months on the road of being in a car together. You're like, okay, what's a check-in look like? The pies have been cool. That's when you do the physical, intellectual, emotional, and spiritual kind of like breakdown of how you're feeling and driving and, and like what has come up for that week. I think for the work sphere, it's great to just not really have it be so corporate in the sense of finding that good line between okay when the meeting starts at six is it on the dot or just like okay we're walking in at six and then things are moving and we're not necessarily getting straight quote-unquote to work right away like maybe the check-in is just straight up like let's play this song let's groove it out like let's throw some jokes out and just kind of break the ice of the room of like just bringing ourselves back to earth of what like what's the energy here before we know where this car could possibly go today with what the goals are Mm-hmm. I think is an important thing. I wish most of my jobs in the past had had something more like that to kind of, it's like in a sports game, you know, like the huddle or the chant you do before you get on the field or the haka, you know, whatever it may be mm-hmm. of like designating the level of intensity we're bringing that day. So we know before we even get in there, what we can are, what we can accomplish. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I feel like that shifts nicely into the next main point, which is like, Work-wise, you know, I tend to try to play project manager and kind of see what is the what are the main things on our to-do list and how we can like schedule it out across the week. That shit is not getting done. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it right here, right now. That shit is not getting done. It's ideal. It's ideal. It's a great wish. Okay, okay, <laughs> but at the end of the day, I like your wishes. <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day, it's just an am I'm I'm ambitious. Well, like at the end of the month, you it's know. just an ambitious. You know, mm-hmm. here's how it could happen mm-hmm. if nothing else happened. Life, <laughs> damn. Um, but that is kind of the name, the main next point, which is just that like we have to remain flexible, mm-hmm. and um, one of the best parts about working both for ourselves and also only really like like maintaining our own power whenever we do take on little part-time jobs here and there to go alongside the podcast and Kazemi um is just that at the end of the day like our well-being and our growth are always prioritized um so we can adapt you know there are times whenever one of us needs to cancel or we're just not feeling it or whatever it is. And uh, there's even like, I think a whole season of the podcast where Hobbs is recording solo and also with guests because I was off grid in Vermont farming. So mm-hmm. it's just maintaining flexibility, I think. Um, I mean, in addition to that, though, a lot of trust. Yeah. It's one thing I think to give your coworker the benefit of the doubt, like they'll probably get something done. 
or they like yeah they theoretically could do what i've asked or what we agreed to do mm-hmm. but i think there's a lot of trust going on here where i know that like there's no need for micromanagement outside of the sense of like the true human thing that happens we just forget or mm-hmm. something falls off or maybe it wasn't written down on a to-do list so it's really just in the rearview window of yo i really fucking just forgot i would have done that and whether it was like you know me going solo for you know a, a season or half a season whatever it was or like whatever it's just like knowing that like i don't have to feel a weird pressure knowing like oh like what is LJ going to think when they hear this thing, like without them on it or like whatever? It's just like, no, like there's a certain level of trust going on that it doesn't really come down to some questionable, is this still going to be as popping as it would have been? Cause I think there's trust and respect of like, okay, like I wouldn't be doing this project with somebody who I thought I had to like, you know, clean up after or mm-hmm. mitigate in such a way where I couldn't trust them doing something without me in the room. Like, no, I trust this project to operate beyond myself because i know what it looks like when we're both in the same room Mm -hmm. and i trust it'll look the same way even when i'm not there Mm -hmm. because i think we both have the same whether it's values or just sense of taste or urgency when it comes to those days where someone's not feeling it i really don't think either one of us would take advantage quote unquote and Mm -hmm. i think this is true of most people Mm -hmm. in the workforce where those new like laws that came about or not even laws but just new policies where companies were like yo you can take off as many days as you want just be, you know, just be wise about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and people were scared to even do that because it was like, what am I, mi-? like the FOMO of like, oh, like, or just missing out on work in general was like, it felt like, a, you know, a trap versus like, no, like if we're really trusting each other in the work environment, we know that like, I don't need you to explain why you need off. Take mm-hmm. off. I'll see you when you get back. And at the end of the day, if you push through something, you really oughtn't in order to work, like then that's you where's your trust with yourself in that mm-hmm. you know f- to make a plus b equals c after that when your energy's just not where it needs to be so mm-hmm. flexibility trust and respect mm-hmm. and yeah hope for the best mm-hmm. yeah absolutely energy yeah where where do the challenges come in in maintaining balance I think it's tough when both people on the team are just not like kind of not into it. Mm. It's it's hard to pull it up. Like if one person's like, no, nah, man, like we can do it. I'm like, all right, man. Then like you're my inspiration today. Like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it for you because I can't really feel like I can pull it out for myself right now kind of mm-hmm. thing. But if both people are struggling, it's damn. Yeah, that's rough. But unless you can agree then like, OK, then let's be miserable together while we do it. Mm. And I think that applies a lot more to a job that doesn't really require your personality so mm-hmm. much or maybe even if it does like I, how many bartending shifts i've done where both of us got there like usually two bartenders behind the thing and we're just like yo fuck this shit today but then we just made it into the long joke of the day of just being facetious and our energy with like our us versus them mentality of like yeah sure like i'm not quote unquote nice to this guest but like I'm not really feeling it. And, like, me and my homie, like, we're in the back, like, just ripping it up because we got each other's backs, but that's pretty much the only back we can have that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think it it brings up a point, too, of just how invested are you in the work at hand and, like, in the the job, the company, whatever, because I think back to some office job that I had and how I just... I did not give a shit straight up. <laughs> no. And so it was just like my goal every day 
was to just go in, do some personal stuff, maybe do one task <laughs> for work, and then just spend as much time stretching on the roof as possible. Oh, at least you can get away with that shit in the office. Mm-hmm. I feel like when you work in a fishbowl, it's like... Let me tell you, I feel like people who work office jobs, like, there's... I feel like there's such a binary in office work where it's like you're either working like 15 hours a week you're like one of those bitches that's like on that grind capital g grind or you're working the normal 40 hours a week which is still bullshit Bullshit. you're working the 40 hours a week and you're doing exactly what i just described of like Mm -hmm. trying to do some stuff here and there but like ultimately who cares? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't get paid enough for this shit type no, energy. does anyone. Um, yeah. I respect that, though. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I, even in my 16-hour week at the office, scanning, like, literal just invoices, once I figured out, like, if I just do, like, 15 in these per hour and spend, like, 15 minutes every hour just walking around. Mm-hmm dicking around at the coffee like you know break room whatever like no one's gonna know no one and no one does know yeah yeah um yeah i feel like we hit on some of these points but just how do we kind of feel into what needs to be prioritized in our work and like Mm. yeah just what yeah because the the to-do list is really never ending ultimately like we could be doing so much shit all the time making all the content blah 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 we already do do a lot of that kind of stuff right (laughs) Right, yeah but um how do we know where to there's a feel Mm -hmm. because some weeks it's like yo like we haven't like made content in a while we have not made like a tiktok in a while like even today we made some and i was like oh i forgot how much fun this part of it is Mm -hmm. of just doing a silly little dance and you know (laughs) making a baby music video and like doing that i'm like this is yeah and it's instant gratification like you need the instant gratification projects however that may look to make the other ones where it's okay we literally drafted this 20 page business plan we gotta get this in the hands of like okay our business advisor and then like get notes on that and then like okay now we have it with another business advisor and they want a one pager of all this shit it's like okay like these are the big hitting things that will ultimately move the needle closer towards launching this shit of a sh- launching the shit out of the fundraiser to make kazimi really you know become mm-hmm. what it what it will be and it can be so easy i think to get really caught up in like the swirl of feelings that come from what you've already defined production to be like I could have looked at today and been like, damn, all we did was make a TikTok and two or three <laughs> other things and then record a podcast episode. That's all we did. But I'm like, no, bro. Like, we need the content to keep this thing and this thing going. Otherwise, like, these other things don't really, like, work out the same way in the which of how we originally intended them to work out. Mm-hmm. So I think it just comes down to feel for that way. Like, what mm-hmm. big ticket items need to happen. And you just kind of know. I feel like a lot of times when you and I get together and work, I mean, as we saw... Even living here in Sandbridge, there's been a lot of home HGTV projects going on and we'll have a project in mind and we'll get in the same room and start doing it. And it just becomes like a very like silent effort of like, we just know what we need to do. Mm-hmm. And I think energetically, like, I don't know if that's a testament to how long we've been working side by side in a multitude of ways or if that really is just like that feel of the room of we just kind of know. Mm-hmm. 
more needs to be filled in and we have similar work styles that achieve that in mm-hmm. a way that satisfies us both yeah probably probably a bit of both of those things mm-hmm. i think it definitely throughout this whole conversation there's been this thought in the back of my head of just um i've i've been in a lot of collaborations like mm-hmm. throughout my life and i feel like there is always this moment I have with every person that I've collaborated with where it's like there's almost like a click of like, oh, you care a lot about process. Mm. Um, whether it be my felting collaboration with Natasha where literally the whole thing is just about process of like us spending time together felting or I've worked with a lot of different musicians and those collaborations are mostly around just like jam sessions of like them making sound and me moving around and then even being able to switch back and forth in those capacities as well. Um, And yeah, it's just, there's gotta be like that one, at least one, right? Ideally multiple like things or values, whatever I don't even know if values, yeah, values is probably the right word, but the thing that you can always kind of like root back to mm-hmm. in a way, I think that um, for us, it's words. Like words. a lot of times it's it's because we did start in that writing context and now we're mm. talking all the time on the podcast and then now, <laughs> now that we've talked so much literally, yeah. and so extensively, mm-hmm. I do feel like it translates more into the energetics of being able to just kind of speak in other ways, I guess, mm-hmm. that you're kind of alluding to with like our collaborations where we don't have to talk as much, but we kind of know what needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, just making sure that like any other relationship in my life, all of my collaborations feel like there's that reciprocity there in what we care about. <laughs> mm-hmm. Words, I guess, yeah, it makes me think, is it just processing then? The processing of ideas? Mm. For the most part, it sounds like, yeah, just a lot of air sign shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think so. <laughs> Millie's distracting us again. Making biscuits at the top of the... Stop it. <sighs> God damn. Yeah. No, I agree. I think... I would say it's mostly centered around joy. Because, mm-hmm. like, what's behind the words? What What's behind the processing? Not in a toxic positivity way, but I think whether it's relating to ourselves or relating to e- or relating to each other we're both kind of looking for that in for bringing joy to both places and then in turn ideally hopefully that brings joy to somebody else who gets to take part in the witnessing of it because mm-hmm. yeah i mean my number one value is having fun mm-hmm. i think in the grand scheme of things mm. and i think that comes out through a lot of our projects whether it's making a space feel more comfortable like that brings joy like, it's mm. a lot of just joy to the world energy, I mm. think. Mm. That's the thread line of how I see it. How do you feel like that? We're getting a little bit off topic here. Let's go. But how do you feel like Pack that bags. relates to, like, 
whenever one or both of us is in more of like a grief space. Mm. Well, whenever I say joy, I think, and when I first brought it up of saying like it's not inherently toxic positive and toxic positivity when I bring that up, for me joy is a dual. It's it's always duality, and when I mention positive things or negative things, like joy is tethered to grief. Mm-hmm. Like in grief, joy can feel wholly like inaccessible. Like how will I ever feel joy again? Mm-hmm. And then you do feel it. For the first time, the second time, the third time, you're like, okay, I'm feeling it. I still feel this grief right next to it. This fucking blows. But then sooner or later, like, you do just get a new kind of way of feeling joy. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that saying, and maybe this is just back to the words thing, because <laughs> I think joy isn't like a one-dimensional word to me or like a one-dimensional feeling to me. Like, joy is knowing how sad I've been. Mm. is knowing how much pain I can feel, is knowing how much pain there is in the world. Like, even relating to, I mean, we made that post about, you know, we're still going to keep making these episodes, even though the state of the world right now, and you could say this any day of the week, but especially right now, supercharged out. We've got, what, genocide of, like, people on the line, like, children are getting bombed left and right type shit. It's like, for me to express joy or to create an avenue or an alleyway, a back door, really, if that's what it turns into, especially when there is such a need for space of the larger conversation of that pain, like joy is still so necessary. Like we all like have our own roles in these moments in life. And I don't use mine as a way to escape the other. Mm -hmm. It's just the way of which, how I know that keeps feeling my light to keep having the ability to feel that pain when I do come across it. Mm -hmm. It's never a divestment from it. It's parallel always. Mm hmm in tandem Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah see i feel like whenever you're talking about joy i would use the word gratitude Hmm. like i don't necessarily feel like joy in my grief and maybe that's just because of like where i'm at with it but i can feel gratitude for it i can feel like grateful for the like wide spectrum of emotions that I can feel and Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff um I did have someone say to me a few years ago I was like in a very 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 sad place and someone said to me just try to um try to enjoy your sadness like just try to try to love your sadness in a way and that has really stuck with me um but Yeah, I mean, I obviously I think that there is a lot of joy in like our collaborations and all that, but I do see them as, yeah, just so like so much, so much, you know, and maybe it is all rooted in joy for you. But for me, that doesn't quite hit the mark, I don't think. I think it's all semantics at that point. Like it's the onion of everything everywhere all at once. Totally. Enjoy the feeling. Joy is literally in that word if you Mm -hmm. break it down, obviously. And like what does it mean to feel joy in your own sadness? Maybe that's just another sentiment of like the celebration of the gratitude of knowing that Mm -hmm. I can give myself the space to feel this way. Yeah. I'm not going to like push it away or like Mm -hmm. whatever that may be. I think just two different interpretations, but still the exact same finish line. Absolutely. Of the sentiment that I began with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Here we are processing. (laughs) Once again. Processing. Once again. Yeah. I mean, I was surprised to hear you say that words was, like, the main through line for, like, 
I guess it makes sense when you when you add both of us into the equation of what is the the thread like the through line but I think as individuals I think we're talking about like what motivates we're talking about people in the family of like what motivates each one of us and I think for you like order mm-hmm. like comes through a lot whether it's the straight up joy of making and being good at making excel sheets and like organizing things and setting up the calendar and having lists and getting to check things off the list and feeling like that's like the progressive way of like how we're moving forward. I think that can feel really good too. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to when that doesn't happen as much, like, I guess, yeah, my question is when do you ever feel like that's kind of falling off the wayside? If, if you do feel that at all, and do you feel like that kind of comes down to you or like how much does that bleed into the collaboration at hand? Um, you mean that like our, schedule is falling to the wayside or or... just the the yeah the general to do because i mean Mm. we're obviously like working and moving in a world where it's not tied to what we were growing up taught to be the appropriate way to approach work Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. there's no like strict we're doing 40 hours or like it's nine to five type shit like how does that feel to shift from a world where like Mm -hmm. i mean you spend so much time in it Mm -hmm. with vcu etc like to shift further into quite the opposite of that kind of traditional Mm -hmm. approach how's that going Mm -hmm. yeah no I mean it definitely ebbs and flows like like I said there's a lot of weeks where we don't get everything done that Mm -hmm. I had originally scheduled out for the week and I've had to learn to accept that (laughs) and um I noticed that anytime that I'm mad about work stuff I'm not really mad about work stuff (laughs) like ultimately if I really get in there I'm just like who cares ultimately Mm -hmm. like it's really not that big of a deal and there's going to be more there's gonna be something else that I'm actually mad about aka sad about Mm -hmm. aka whatever 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 about Mm -hmm. that's underneath whatever like the work thing that's just within an arm's reach so it's easy for me to just focus my energy on that versus whatever is the deeper thing going on. Mm -hmm. And I think that, um, I think that's pretty common, (laughs) you know, like I think that Mm -hmm. it's, it's easy to focus on work shit as the thing going wrong because a, it could really be the thing going wrong for Mm -hmm. a lot of people, a lot of times. Um, and B just because it's where we spend a lot of our time and energy and it's what's right in front of us and so Mm -hmm. and it it, for me it's like because I'm able to almost even though even though this is like my passion and my dream right like we're literally living in our dream every single day Mm -hmm. and doing what we want to do and what we feel like we've been like put like in this vessel to do right Mm -hmm. I'm able to, because I'm doing that, I'm also able to maintain a level of detachment to it that I wasn't, I I wasn't, it was harder for me to maintain that level of detachment because I was just like so unhappy doing other things. Like it sounds backwards, but it's like, for me in an embodied way, it's like, I'm able to maintain that level of detachment in this work because I know that like 
I have a secure relationship with it in a way mm. versus with my other jobs like that's not a very like secure relationship if I just don't care so much that I'm just basically like dissociating my way through the days you know or just mm -hmm. trying to fuck off all day um mm. and so mm. because of that I'm actually extremely attached to like my ideas and my like I'm attached to the possibilities of the future or whatever it is it's just like so much energy actually goes into that narrative are you following me or no? I'm following you. I just have a very different experience. Mm. I think I was always a lot more detached from my past jobs because I knew like no matter what I do that day, especially when a tipping culture of that's how I'm getting my money, there would just be some days where I'm like, I'm probably not going to get like the full amount that I think that I'm worth today. But also like, how can I ever really know that? Because mm -hmm. even in the days where I would just give nothing to people, they would it would make them want to give me more. Just because they're like, I just, I just want something. Like, I don't know. It would just be a weird energy. But now I'm like, when I, with this work where I am doing what I actually want to be doing, it just, I, I find a harder time detaching. I have a harder time, mm. like, I wrestle with insecurity in a lot more visceral way. Like, I even saw this meme the other day of just very, like, low-tier meme, honestly. But just one cut of a person <laughs> going to sleep and they're like you know resting easily and the other photo is like when you're an entrepreneur and, and you're like did i do this right did i do that right i have this new idea did i write that down did i get this done and all this shit i'm like i can relate more to that in the sense of because i give so much of a shit i give so much of a shit like all the time mm -hmm. and even though like there's some there's still some general like healthy amount of like i know that i'm doing jesus christ I know that I'm doing everything that I know I need to do to, like, you know, keep myself, like, hops the body, the vessel in order. Mm -hmm. There is a certain level of public-facing hobs that comes with this work that I'm, like, mm. am I... I do have to exercise a lot of trust when it, these insecurity, like, thoughts, like, come up of, like, did I say that? Did I express that as best as I possibly could have mm. for how much I could have in that moment? Not, like too much imperfection where it feels like am I gonna feel that same way now and will I feel that same way four years from now like no that's not realistic I don't think mm -hmm. however there is a great deal of urgency of anything we do do I can feel it in my chest when I'm like I didn't do that as best as I could have done that mm -hmm. or like or I mean every time we record I feel like especially so like the episode when we talked about Kazemi I was like feeling extremely asked out about it because it's mm. like i really give a shit about this and we've been doing this podcast for a minute and like there's a certain rhythm and style that comes with that however like making this other project where it's adding in the vulnerable scheme of asking for help to achieve it mm -hmm. even though i know it's not just for me or just for you it's truly like one of the more altruistic projects mm -hmm. that we could be doing it still brings that feeling of ooh, like it's hard to really feel like calm about it mm. so yeah i can't really relate to what you're saying and mm. it's interesting that you feel that way mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. i mean i definitely think that those insecurities flare up every now and then i mm. feel like it normally would happen whenever there's some sort of external opinion coming in that isn't you or i mm. um but even then, again, I just feel like whenever that happens, I know it's rooted in something else that's going on in my life. Mm. Like, I just feel like 
so calm and settled and secure in like everything that we're doing (laughs) ultimately I just feel like it's all very like we've been building this shit for three years now you know what I mean and like but the perfectionism it doesn't still come in for you because there'd be sometimes where I'm like did that really hit as hard as it could have hit right there you know because I mean even now like in this episode we already just admitted like we were wrestling with technology for two hours before we even got here I'm like well damn should we just waited till tomorrow but we, you know got a fresh night's sleep and brought mm-hmm. some new energy to it. like yeah maybe that would have been like the move and i'm just mm-hmm. like okay like no like no it's like where is that line that that reckoning with that line of like you can still arrive and like do your best in that moment and feel proud of what you brought mm-hmm. like there's a level of perfectionism that will harm you mm-hmm. that where it ends up creating that we didn't get shit done this week because we couldn't get anything done this week because nothing was ever right nothing was ever good enough right and that's an unhealthy like you know cycle to get into mm-hmm and yeah for me in my mind i think it can be i'm glad that there's two of us here because i think if it were just myself and i think that's what procrastination is at its core right mm-hmm. i just i'm not gonna fucking do it because <laughs> it's not gonna be as good as i want it to be mm-hmm. but when you have someone else kind of you know anchoring something it can be easier to move into well we're gonna do it anyway yeah and then if we find out at the end of it we really don't like it we can just redo it yeah Ultimately. but in the moment yeah I'm, I'm picking at my hand <laughs> you know like i got nervous gas right right so, yeah how do you feel like you move through that energy or work with that energy whenever it comes up for you um in the moment overcompensation mm. i think it flares up as that until i get satisfied and then i'm like oh <laughs> I, I think it's fine i can coast not coast but i can like go back to like my homeostasis uh-huh. and feel like that'll be enough because it is enough i know that to be true mm-hmm. i do believe in my next move more than i believe in like like rejection i believe in my present self every step of the way that mm-hmm. i will make great decisions and accomplish what i set out to do in that moment to the highest tier that i can't always do your best but like your best is like water in a jar. It, it moves. It fluctuates. Mm-hmm. And I trust that. And I know that. But in those moments, sometimes it is like, I guess it, it it's kickstarts the chaos maker in me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's where I get those thoughts of like, how can I make this controversial? Or how can I like mm-hmm. throw in some scandal in there a little bit? And like, for me, that's like teddy bear like level because it never really gets to be like to the point where it's, you know, bad girls club on right. MTV. But the energy does spike. When it's like, is this juicy enough? Mm-hmm. And not even just for the pod, but for like, I can be in a conversation with somebody who I don't know. And mm-hmm. they're like being a little more quiet than I'm used to or am about. And then I'm like, let me just come up with a fucked up question. <laughs> <laughs> and just see where that rise. And if they throw it out, then okay, cool. I tried. Uh-huh. But let me just see where that goes. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like what you're describing is just kind of your playful energy at heart like you just want it's like what you said before you just want everyone to have fun you want you want joy to be at the center of it all and so it's like i feel like that is just a big driver for you in this podcast too of just wanting people to enjoy what they're listening to feel feel something (laughs) feel something in this world you know and like yeah if if my if the commercials on this show were as honest as like my insecure self needed them to be it Mm -hmm. would just be 30 seconds of me going in the middle of the the podcast being like 
Are we having fun yet? <laughs> Are we? Right. Tell me. Right. Are we doing it? Is right. it happening? Call me. Call me if you're not having fun. <laughs> I mean, but okay, okay, okay. But I do need to just bring up because I feel like you and I have had many, many a conversations about the podcast and about how at the end of the day, like we love whenever we love our listeners. Okay, first of all, we love, love our listeners. You. I have to say this. Take a minute. We love you guys. like it is so every single year that we've had this, Spotify has that end of the year review thing. <sighs> and the fact that we're able to see, you know, we're in these certain like top percentages of people's listens and all this shit. Like that is amazing. Mm-hmm. And we're so grateful. And like, especially to our Patreon subscribers, like shout out. Ow, shout ow, out. Ow. And also, like, we have kind of come to the conclusion that at the end of the day, like, you and I would record this podcast even if it was just you and me listening to this shit. Yeah. Because that is what we know we need to be doing. Yeah. Like, we need to be sitting here. We need to. It's like, um how someone said to me like a few weeks ago about how you can't really you can't okay i'm not even gonna get into that actually but (laughs) we will our we we will ourselves to this chair we will ourselves to the microphone right yeah and then whatever happens after that like we're completely off script right now straight up like we're we're not in our we're not in our outline at all we're just in this we're in this process yeah and it's like yeah because that's what needed to happen and we're just like honoring that and Mm -hmm. being in that and that is why we do this is because like we know we need to be doing it yeah i think tonight happened the exact way it should have or was always going to because I don't think I would have actually admitted my insecurities about this process if it hadn't <laughs> happened. It really got to me. I was like, damn, bro, like this one app. I feel like it's so... I know I keep bringing it up. I know I keep bringing it up. But I'm like, it's such a humbling ass thing when such a small little facet of a very simple process. Uh-huh. Podcasting in this homegrown way is it's extremely simple it does not take much (laughs) to throw a wrench and especially when like we've already had so much support like y'all bought us these fucking microphones Mm -hmm. like they're professional grade mics type shit Mm -hmm. like that's a community like effort and like there's been so much you know uh response to our call and response of like yo we need this or what you know what do you guys think about this like there's been such like an energetic response every time from y'all that, like, I think tonight in, like, this season, because we've kind of raised the stakes in our own arenas about it, like, it just hits different because it's like, wow, like, okay, I know we would do this anyway, and also I care, but also, like, this is what it could look like if you feel like you let somebody down. Mm. If, like, you told them it's going to be every Thursday on the fucking dot, you know? It's like, I want to be able to honor that. Mm-hmm. And I think when those thoughts come to my head, it just brought me back to college when, like, every single day I've not been in school, mm-hmm. I probably had it. The thought at least once a day, I'm so glad I do not have homework, mm-hmm. like, ever. Mm-hmm. Like, there's things that I do, but I don't have, like, that lingering thought that kind of pushes, like, my own other parts of psyche down of, like, I don't feel like I'm enough because I'm forgetting about this thing I was supposed to do so arbitrarily that someone else thinks I should be doing, aka homework. And so when it came up in this scenario, I'm just like, damn. Mm-hmm. 
But if it hadn't happened tonight, yeah, I probably wouldn't have admitted it. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, no, we got it. It's easy for the most part. Mm-hmm. It's only hard, you know, when life is hard, but that's natural. But for it to really just be that full, like, in-your-face, three-hour-long affair of this fucking computer, bro. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, damn, bro, like, it's not invincible. Like, this energy of, it's going to happen anyway. Like, no, there's sometimes where it can feel like it's not going to happen. And that fucking sucks. Mm -hmm. But here we are. And it's okay. And at the end of the day, like, you figured that shit out. And I'm sitting with a microphone in front of me, and you're sitting with a microphone in front of you. Mm. And we're both recording, and we're both chatting it up, and after this, we're going to pop open a bottle of champagne and watch Christelle and G-Clip on TV, okay? Okay, bitch? That's what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. There's, yeah, it's great to have the step forward and the, even though I feel like a half step back, but we made a step forward. That's great. But it's just, yeah, it's the honest other side of the coin. Mm-hmm. Shit Absolutely. is not, like, composure, don't mistake our composure in general, I guess, for ease. Because it's not always there. Even, you know, tonight's snafus aside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's, okay, kind of looping it back to our Let's topic at hand in a way mm-hmm. is just that I feel so lucky and blessed to be working with someone who I actually do have that intimate relationship with to where we can be honest with each other Mm -hmm. about what the fuck is going on, where we're at, and have that flexibility to be able to adapt and be fluid based off of that. To me, it's like, we could have recorded tonight, we could have recorded tomorrow morning, we could have recorded a week from now, and... It would have, like, you know, we would have figured it out in a way. Like, I feel like we do a good job, too, of just building in fluidity in the structure as much as we can Mm -hmm. so that whenever things like this happen, it's it's not as big of a deal. Right now, we're just kind of in a bit of a tight spot, right? Because a lot of shit's been happening. Deadlines, yeah. But Mm -hmm. that's okay. Like, still, like I said, it doesn't. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter, you know? Yeah. And -hmm. and whenever I've been in jobs in the past where, again, I've worked with mostly strangers my whole life in every single job um, since high school, I'll say. And a lot of times I didn't know what the fuck was going on in these people's lives. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, unless it was that one or two people that I actually did build a friendship with right but even then like there are only some of those friendships where I really was able to get in there in terms of emotional intimacy how are you actually feeling how are you actually doing not just like what are you doing with your time right right it's like that how you're doing emotionally and like where you're at like building that emotional intimacy and being transparent about that that tells me so much more about and obviously i can't assume anyone's capacity or anything like that but it does just tell me more about what you probably do have the capacity to do at the Mm -hmm. end of the day right like and you can clarify to me if i'm incorrect in those in in those um guesses or whatever but like it that's what it does it actually (laughs) opens up a dialogue for us to have a more transparent conversation about capacity 
Right. Because if you tell me if if we have that emotional intimacy with each other and you say, you know, I can't do shit this week, then I'm going to be like, okay, yeah. And how often do you get that respect at a job? Right. Never, because no one knows what the fuck is going on in each other's lives. And not that you should have to know. Right, but just right? the trust and respect should be in place. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's just really nice to be in a work environment like that. And that's all I can hope for with, you know, however the queer retrograde team expands, however the Kazemi team expands um, and grows, is just that we can have that that respect for each other and um be able to kind of have each other's backs in that way no matter who it is yeah i mean for sure that is the ideal work culture i think expanding beyond qr and like into kazimi and just in general what it means to shift into making life choices where your money's tied to it where you're shifting out of the traditional nine to five or shifting out of like the cycle of, if I do X, Y, and Z, the carrot in the, the carrot being the money that I'll get in order to keep living my life is going to come out in this way. Like shifting out of that, I think that was my main like hyper focus point. But like when I zoom out and look at it, that is my main point of like how it feels when it's like when your insecurities can kind of flare up, even though this is what you chose. Mm. Like shifting into the life of I want to chase my dreams and do what I want. It's like, okay, like they don't talk about what it means to accept the life you've now carved out. Exactly. To where now you are your own quote unquote boss. Mm-hmm. You're your own quote unquote coworker. Mm-hmm. Every day discerning, you know, what you've got in the tank to do. Mm-hmm. And dealing with the internal dialogue and also external dialogue you can be met with from others who aren't doing the same thing or aren't in the same arena. And it's not a connotation that I add to that, but just show the differences of mm-hmm. I had to come to terms this summer. Like, I'm not going to take advice from anyone who's not doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. When it comes to this, I'm not I'm not doing that shit. Mm-hmm. Why would I hear? Why would I want to hear from someone <laughs> who's not doing what I'm literally doing? Mm-hmm. Like, it's got to be a cross you know, pollination of like how we can lift each other up and from peer to peer of like, I'm going to look towards people who are doing what I'm doing to understand how I can do it better. It doesn't make sense to like phone a friend outside of that. Mm -hmm. There's many different arenas. I think you could still get that kind of advice from, but still no back to my main point of just, it can feel really hard to, I think be in that phase of like, okay, everything looks different and the carrot looks different. Like I don't, the equation doesn't feel as clear to me in terms of how I get that that carrot, that money, or that sense of whether it's fulfillment or survival through your money. Like, mm-hmm. it all looks so different. And, like, when it can be in that phase of like, kind of, like, taking shots in the dark and not really knowing how things are going to come back to you, it's scary. It's mm-hmm. unknown. It's uncharted territory. And it's great to have, you know, a collaborator or collaborators who, you know, are with you on that and are equally asked out. Mm-hmm. And I think about how many people I know who do that shit on their own and how much of our culture is about just move in silence you know Mm. you gotta do it for you and like nobody else blah 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 i'm like that can like end up shooting yourself in the foot before you've even begun Mm -hmm. because the fact that the math is if i have one more person it's half the work Mm -hmm. like truly half already just done like half off the top is that not human like 
confirmation that we're supposed to be working together yeah what else kind of like fucking you know what's the word uh confirmation not confirmation you know motivation yeah to really just feel like that's reason enough to go do something other than that right there Mm -hmm. but again it it can just feel so so clunky Mm -hmm. to be in that part of your life where you're doing it and you're living it and like you know we're still connecting the dots of like what ultimately that new carrot is gonna look like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. even though like our other survival needs are very much so met it can feel just so asked out Mm -hmm. where it's almost like okay how long is this gonna feel like this because how much can i take before i feel like okay i'm still doing what i think i need to be doing while also feeling like i'm kind of failing Mm -hmm. like how what where is that proportion of those things Mm -hmm. you know people i don't hear anyone talk about that Mm -hmm. All I hear is you just keep going until, right. you, until you can't go, you know, burn yourself out, do whatever. The, you just got to like burn all the irons all at once. And I'm like, with Kazemi, I know I said it when we introduced it on that episode, but like it is not easy, I think, to embody. I want to em- emulate the pace by which I want to live as this project is created and as it is done, so mm-hmm. to speak, you know, when it's established. Mm-hmm. I think it's easier, but also sometimes, you know, obviously not even a choice, like necessary, I think, to to burn yourself out to get to from point A to point B mm-hmm. when it comes to chasing your dreams. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think just the reckoning sometimes I think can get to my own mind of like, is this what I like an existential question in the morning of like, <laughs> am, am what I'm doing? Like, is this not even like, is this OK? But like, is this? can this be okay? Mm-hmm. Not is it okay, but can it be okay? Mm-hmm. And then I always end up answering the question of just like, if if I can be happy at all, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Like, I, don't know, I think there's a lot of feelings that come with them, but I find myself wrestling with them some mm-hmm. days more than others. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really matter if a certain day has more what I would consider to be productive value to it than others i think it's just truly like the vulnerability of turning and i hate to think that all of us need to turn our passions into into profit like no i don't agree with that but truly transforming your life into something that feels sustainably about what you're about Mm -hmm. that that's there's a lot in there that does not get enough credence to dialogue of what that's like to move through Mm -hmm. because i think a lot of times people that are doing it they're doing it and then on the outside of doing it when they're past that phase or move on they don't want to talk about that shit anymore because it was too painful and i'm like how can we do this a little less painful right a little more painless right is it even possible because right. even in the most painless of scenarios or circumstances of getting your needs met it still feels like i some days i wake up and i'm like damn <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck how am we, I how are we gonna do this <laughs> what the fuck am I doing yeah and, and like sometimes it really is just the fact that you're doing it with me where I'm like that's my reason to do it that day yeah and that can be enough yeah let me tell you I don't think I've ever really made anything on my like by myself on my own like I've all like I said earlier in this episode like I've always been a collaborator like Mm -hmm. I've always been like every residency I would go to whenever I was going to our residencies I would always have my little feelers out (laughs) where are they where are they who's gonna work with me (laughs) like you know and even whenever I was 
quote unquote, making work on my, uh, like making individual work, right? right? It was always like, okay, I'm going to work with um, five different dancers and three different musicians and we're all going to work together like... um, we're all going to have a bunch of jam ses- sh- sessions together before mm-hmm. we do this thing and everything that I like. It was a collaboration still is what I'm trying yeah. to say. You know, like I was never. And and I always framed it that way, too. Like, I mm-hmm. just I just always have felt like. I'm just more powerful whenever I'm with other people. For sure. And I think that's definitely partially like the aquari the aquarius in me um of just really valuing valuing like the collective and like what we can all bring to the table together but like it is such a great anchor like the amount of times that natasha and i were would collaborate together in undergrad and i would just be like bro i don't fucking know like, I literally don't fucking know. Like, because yeah. that burnout, like, I was feeling, I was so burnt out most of college, just like mm-hmm. many people were. Yeah. And having someone to just reflect back to me, like, that's cool. Like, we can just, you know, start with, we can just start from somewhere very basic. Like, let's just sit and breathe for 10 minutes or whatever yeah. it was, you know, like, just having having something reflected back to you that you know even though it isn't coming from your mouth it's still a part of you Mm -hmm. it's like the most beautiful way for us to be able to like acknowledge our interconnectedness i think is by like working together in these ways um but how rare to find those people that are willing to like i think uh, the euphemism is always used of if all your friends jumped off a cliff would you do it and it's like the end point being death versus like Okay, what if it was the kind of death that we saw in terror of, like, rebirth? Of, like, who in my life or who do I not know yet? Mm-hmm. Who would be so down to be just as asked out as me to mm-hmm. do this project? It's almost like I feel like a lot of this kind of thought is applied to being in a relationship. Are you willing to, like, be in my life every day? Like, oh, my God, like, what would that look like? And that's a huge, like, leap of faith to take with somebody but to do it for a project Mm -hmm. for a project like we are so equally passionate about this thing Mm -hmm. that if you got someone in your mind thinking about them right now just hearing this like call them today like Mm -hmm. i feel like that shit is underrated Mm -hmm. for what it means to have someone who's like yo i've got your back and you've got mine and it's not and maybe it's just in the moment of like doing kickball together whatever the fuck but i'm saying like really to like move your life into a different dimension with somebody mm-hmm. of faith in yourselves like that shit is fucking metal dude because mm-hmm. when we talk about kazemi like obviously like we're locked in and i thought that i knew who would also be locked in with us and that has totally changed mm-hmm. changes every day changes every year and like and i know in my heart now like my heart is always reminding me like you're still meeting the people who are going to be those people who are just as down as you Mm -hmm. to approach this project with the same ferocity that you are applying right now. Mm -hmm. And like, they'll show themselves. Mm -hmm. They won't have to convince you. It's going to be a show, don't tell kind of thing. Just in the way of how we've had to show each other. Like, it'd be one thing, how many times we all, all of us will talk with people, whether it's close friend or not as close friend of like, oh, what if we theoretically, you know, either hung out or like did this thing or that. I feel like I'm always bringing up options for that. And 
usually like a playful way with people but like when somebody really is like no i want to do this with you mm-hmm. and then you get to say back no i also really want to do this with you mm-hmm. and you struck a lightning in your connection like that fire yeah fire mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. yeah yeah all right so back to the script <laughs> <laughs> Oh, geez. So, in a more uh, shifting gear kind of way, um, <laughs> out of all your different ways of which you spend your time, whether it's with by yourself or at work, with family or friends or in intimate moments, like, which of these in this list kind of fall first to last for you in priorities in your life? Um, and how do you feel supported in that? Well, I mean, I feel like, unfortunately for me, I definitely come from a, um, over-functioning type pattern in, in my past, meaning Mm -hmm. like I, I, I'm, I'm prone to burnout. Mm -hmm. I'm prone to choosing things outside of myself, um, as a way to negate whatever's going on internally mm. and but self-aware a self-aware very i'm very now now i am <laughs> yeah now i am yeah. but even then there are moments where it's like what the fuck is going on <laughs> you know mm-hmm. like we all slide back into old patterns um sometimes so i feel like unfortunately for me a lot of times it's like my self my my time with myself to just process Mm -hmm. that time tends to be the first to drop off whenever things get chaotic and Mm. whenever especially whenever like there's a lot of inner chaos inside of me like whenever I need it the most that's whenever it drops off right Mm -hmm. because I'm like distracting myself with all the other million things going on right um and then slowly everything else kind of starts to turn to shit until i'm like what's missing oh it's the literal root of not the what holds all what makes all of this other stuff important to me Mm -hmm. which is me feeling like grounded and centered and secure within myself right Mm -hmm. um so i would say that is the first to fall off for me and it's definitely something that my therapist and I are constantly being like okay so like this is the cycle that we're seeing again and like what what feeling or sensation came up this time like before you got to the burnout that mm. like could be a clue f- could be a cue for you in the future to take that time or take that take that to just let all the dust settle you know Mm -hmm. um and i'm just i'm just not i'm i'm working on it good for you yeah what about you what do you feel like is the the first to fall off or something that um tends to get deprioritized whenever there's a lot of hubbub i think it's a mutual collapse of solo time with myself and my friends slash family Mm. like social for me is like the first thing to go just in general like talking to myself and talking to others isolation will be like my number one pick for 
if shit feels like it's really just like too fucking much, I'll find myself doing the things that I think would look like on the outside, like, oh, I'm taking time for myself, but I'm really just like disassociating it mm-hmm. in private. Mm. just and that i yeah and maybe that is eventually like the going away turns into the return back to um the self but i think when it collides with i don't really care to participate in my other relationships as much or like reach out as much or be as encouraging i think in a very like baseline level kind of way mm-hmm. that will always kind of fall first it's pretty much as soon as i know that i'm like even typing differently Mm-hmm. In a message to somebody where I'm like, I'm not even going to put an exclamation point on here. Mm-hmm. Or I think I could write a period at the end of the sentence and like add that kind of aggressive <laughs> like finality to it when it's not even like that big of a fucking deal. But like that would be like the first, yeah, signs to me where I'm like, oh, like I'm not, I'm not good. Mm-hmm. And that can be like something as simple as, you know, my period comes into town and I'm like, bro, <laughs> I don't want to talk to none of y'all. I feel apathetic. Yeah. I don't even talk to myself and that's my right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm silent. I'm silent. I don't want nothing. I don't want to hear nothing. You're you're like the, the person on Eat, Pray, Love who's wearing a little silent. Yeah. Silent. I'm like, politely fuck off. Yeah. I'm done. Like, they're, I think that's, yeah, I really appreciate meditation mm-hmm. and just in general like if whether you're meditating or not i don't give a fuck but if you know how to shut the fuck up mm-hmm. so helpful that is a beautiful thing so helpful <laughs> you know how to shut up that is a huge character trait that we should all we should all really celebrate mm-hmm. and embellish mm-hmm. in our own lives i'm working on it mm-hmm. i think i mean i've been working on it you know but <laughs> i also, I love to yap, so there's that too. Yeah. <laughs> I be yapping. Like, Gemini moon, Gemini moon. Yeah, I mean, I always want to talk it out eventually. But that's how I know when I'm really like off the walls, where I'm like, I no nothing. Uh-huh. I no fuck it. Right. This is gonna be that chunk of time where I don't feel like I need to guilt myself and I think I need to process or work on it. Like, no, I'm gonna shut the fuck up. Yeah, and I expect you all to do the same without me telling you to. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> toxic, <laughs> but whatever. It'd be like that sometimes. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. do you feel like supports you in those moments? Because for me, I feel like I that was one thing that I really appreciated whenever like the hammock came into my life mm-hmm. because it feels like I'm doing something. Yeah. I'm like in my brain, I'm like, I'm going to go hammock. But then what do you do when you're in the hammock? You let the dust settle, yeah. you know, like you're just. Or at least that's what I do. I just, like, stare at a tree and just, like, swing and think about whatever it is I've been avoiding thinking about for the past week. Yeah, I'll just go listen to music. Mm -hmm. Because that lets me think about old memories or just old stories I like to tell myself that take me out of the present moment of what I think I'm dealing with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just things to get invested. Like, even reading sometimes will help me out. Because I'm like, I'll forget. Or playing video games. Anything Mm -hmm. where I will literally forget my own problems. Mm Mm-hmm. And deal with somebody else's. Yeah. And be like, yeah, this is great. Mm-hmm. And I know that I just said everyone needs to shut up, even though I just said I'm going to go listen to music. That's not shutting up. But I think y'all know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> everyone knows. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for like recalibration moments, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you're working with uh, your good friend and all of a sudden things are going a little awry between the two of you. Mm-hmm. You still go to work that week? You still gonna... I mean... 
if I think about like our lowest moments and if we still tried to like get on the podcast, it would be so apparent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we just were not fucking with each other in that way. Right. Uh, yeah, it's just all so contextual because yeah. I mean again, I just feel so grateful that we are in the situation we're in where we could just be like, no, we're not working. <laughs> like yeah. we have bigger fish to fry right now because at the end of the day, our relationship, I think, is a huge priority for both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, if that doesn't work out, nothing else works out. Exactly. And so versus like in other situations where maybe I've been in like a little bit of a conflict with someone I'm working with, right? Mm-hmm. It was, again, it was the work that was bringing us together, not the relationship as the root, you know? So it's like, yeah, we are still going to show up, but it's going to fucking suck. (laughs) Yeah. Because I don't don't want to have this person in my face. And then, of course, anytime that that happens, you're going to get paired up with them for some shit and be in their face all fucking day. And it's like, oh, my God. Because you're just like, this is your mirror. Oh, my God. Will you fuck off with this mirror shit? (laughs) I'm making $20, $20 today. Like, that's yeah. Like, fuck off. Literally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you uh, you helped the two of us craft a nice little mm. recalibration process. You want to talk about the different parts of that a little bit? For sure. Yeah. Because I mean, this summer, I think, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't even call it like, ugh, when I think about conflict and what feelings or memories that elicits like this what i'm about to talk about doesn't really like i think compare to most of what i've experienced in that where it has been a a very in the past versus situation Mm -hmm. i think this is the first time in my young adult life where i was like how can we how can we look at this as though as though yeah the reality we're on the same team like how are we going to move through this thing and Mm -hmm. i remember i was going through i think Instagram was just trying to like really bait me into these little like infographics about attachment styles and like just a lot of buzzwords around it. But there was one in particular that really struck me where it was like you can kind of ask for or create like rules around conflict. And I was like, wait, what? Like, I feel like when people want to bring things up to each other, the furthest we'll go to discern like how we're going to set this up and like lay the groundwork is like yo, just text me. Or it'll be a text conversation. A lot of the content will just be laid up into, this is how I want to express what I'm going to say so I can get all my points out and not feel as though, you know, this is too confrontational, but like I'm still going to get my piece out. And I feel like that just misses out on a lot of the core of how to really navigate a conflict with tone. I feel like tone, when you know the tone, it's easier to not get activated. When you can kind of create your own stories around how people are looking into something or like you hear that one phrase where you're like, oh, like that's how you really feel. Like you said this really charged statement. Like that's how you really feel about this thing. Versus if I heard you say that and heard the way you said that, I probably wouldn't be so quick or swift to jump to those conclusions. And so for me, I was just trying to come up with a new pattern to move into where it doesn't have to feel like every time I bring something up or somebody brings something up to me and we have this agreement of like, yo, when things are really like big, like there's a moment we're going to come to where 
we need to have a talk and it doesn't have to be a text, you know, like we need to talk, but like some kind of way of just how I approach you and how you approach me can still be in a loving fashion where it's going to feel unfamiliar and it's going to feel impossible. I think in the making, the inception of it, of how in the hell would I ever want to like give you a compliment or tell you something warm about our dynamic before I really get into the conflict. But it's like, that's the question from someone who's been wounded by conflicts that that was never a part of them to begin with. And I think the new reality is such a possibility, but you really do have to do different things to get different things Mm -hmm. from conflict. And a lot of that can just come from questions and building the structure of this is how I think we can agree on being approached and how we can agree on reminding each other of our strengths before we get into where something needs to shift. Because at the end of the day, I want you and I want everyone I'm ever like in these kinds of conversations with to be as free as they possibly can be to be as most in their power as possible, regardless if that includes me in it or not. Like that Mm -hmm. is the, that is the baseline of it. So yeah, it's got to start there. And I think it can be built to get there even if it's just theoretical at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think it's an ongoing conversation and inquiry or investigation into how we can have embodied conversations whenever we are activated or how to kind of flow through those waves of activation and be able to, yeah, build up some sort of like... um, window of tolerance Mm -hmm. for that uncomfortability um and yeah there was something else i was gonna say but it it is gone now because zombie land is coming (laughs) (laughs) right but it is a practice though Mm -hmm. i mean to wrap it it is a practice of we are better at conflict when we are better at being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like if I can know and not just know, but like embody, like it's okay for my friends to be disappointed in me. It's okay for me to be disappointed in my friends. It's okay to be angry at them. It's okay for them to be angry at me. It does become a lot easier to, to know that can just come as easily as the thoughts of we're so good at X, Y, Z. We're so good to each other in all these different ways. Both belong in the conversation. conflict i don't think it's productive for anyone to just harp on the negative or only think about the positive Mm -hmm. balance like with all things Mm -hmm. but in the yeah it's all the methodology of how it's done Mm -hmm. because and i i I really just do want to say like like that's like for the overarching like larger scheme of things i think honoring yourself in the moment of when somebody says something or does something that you really don't fuck with or agree with that can be nipped in the bud in the moment. Like, there are certain levels to this thing where it just, I don't think you should save shit up all the time and, like, be like, I'm going to approach you at this time with this thing and, like, we'll squash it then. I think sometimes, yes, but, like, a lot of things in the moment, like, just human-to-human interaction, because we forget things, we move on. Like, no one's really thinking about the thing you thought that they're thinking about from three years ago. can just be like, hey, man, I didn't really fuck with that. <laughs> and then it can just be moved on from but like we're really larger things and i think that's why conflict can and should move from that word into recalibration where things just need to change can yeah the structure can just look different yeah i mean it's yeah you said it beautifully at the start of um this portion of the episode where it's like we if you're coming from a place of we're on the same team meaning we 
just ultimately want whatever is going to aid in the other person's growth and well-being, you know, um, then it doesn't have to be so um, scary, but of course, easier said than done. Yeah. Yeah, you got to practice. That's mm-hmm. for sure. And, you know, throw some aftercare in there. Aftercare belongs everywhere. <laughs> True. That's that's just the fact. Get grounded. Get positive. Get cl- get clarity before you even go up to this human. Get some fucking clarity. Mm-hmm. Let's go, friend. What, what do you think about what I'm saying about this? I feel like sometimes I do it to my own detriment. Gemini Moon. I be asking six different people the same question. <laughs> I get six different answers. And I'm like... I guess I gotta trust myself. Yeah. <laughs> That's just back, what you have back to, to basics. <laughs> yeah, for to begin with. Yeah. But yeah, whether you're in conflict with your co-working ass friend slash boo, whatever, whoever it may be, there's a cool finish line, I think, in every scenario. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Abundance mindset, I think, can afford a lot of things too. Just in an overarching sentiment towards when things feel like they're kind of slipping out of your hands in, a, in the work zone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of aftercare, yes. I'm ready to hop off this mic. Yes. Catch us working together still and continuing <laughs> <laughs> forever and always, bitches. Have a great night. Please, dear God, keep the gay agenda alive and tell your gay friends about this gay ass podcast. Bless. Bless, bless, bless.